Thank you for listening to this edition of I Like to Movie Movie. It is now officially October, which is Halloween month, which means that all this month we are going to be focusing on horror movies in anticipation for a Movie Movie Live All Horror Edition on October 16th at uh, Philomoka. So check that out. But uh, tonight we've got a very special show. Uh, I am Dan Scully. Yeah, I'm Garrett Smith. And uh, with us we have a couple of uh, we have uh, two two guests tonight. We have uh, to my right over here. This is a guy that I grew up with. Uh, one of the people that has uh, the truly encyclopedic film knowledge. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this is uh, Mr. Kevin Kaler. Uh, what's up, buddy? Welcome. How are you? Pretty good. We're shaking hands. The people at home. We're shaking hands. <laughs> And then to my left here, uh, by sheer happenstance, when we were uh, taking the bus to the studio, we ran into the very lovely Keen Cobb, former... You've been on the show before, haven't you? No, this, no, is, my, no, no. this is my first oh, movie. Well, movie. this is your first time. No. Before, yeah. But uh, if you know us, you know him, and uh, you might even know him if you don't know us, because he's a motherfucking star. Keen Cobb, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, you, th- you think you're going to just get some peach rings and gummy sharks, and you go home sad, but no. <laughs> you run it, you run into friends and you'll go watch a great movie. That's right. right. Yes, and we did watch a great we movie. Um, this is one of my favorite horror movies. There's so much iconic imagery that is seared into my head simply because I was so terrified of it as a child. Yeah. And that is the Toby Hooper uh, classic, the classic family horror movie, Poltergeist. <laughs> yeah, this movie was like, I saw this when I was a kid. Mm. Uh, I don't know how old. I feel like I must have been like... Both too young and too old for this movie, if that makes sense. Like I feel like uh, there's no uh, well. inappropriate age once you can comprehend a story. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it really isn't. Uh, it isn't a mean spirited movie in any no. way. It's it's a fantasy kind of almost, but uh, it it is terrifying. It's yeah, fucking scary. Yeah. yeah, I just like I feel like I was like too old for it to be like. Um, like what around what age is that? I don't. I feel like I was maybe like twelve like, or something. Yeah, no, I, I was like ten when I saw. Oh yeah, I was I'm in R-rated movies yeah. now, like, but you no, can't appreciate it cinematically. Or? No, more like if if I were any younger, I feel like it probably would have literally terrified me. Yeah, like I was <laughs> old enough to see a, a movie that had these kind of uh, scares in it. I think, mm. or to stomach them at least. But I, but like I wasn't old enough to like really understand what was going on in this movie because I like watching it now. I was like, oh man, this is like. Because like uh, I I know Toby Hooper's name is on it. We talked about this a little bit before recording, and we'll talk about it more during the show. But there is some controversy over who made this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toby Hooper, Steven Spielberg, and it's got Steven Spielberg's fingerprints all over it. And but I think it has Toby Hooper's as well. It does yeah. totally. Um, but it's but where Spielberg's fingerprints are on it, I think, are in a lot of the uh, you know his issues with uh, suburban families uh, uh and uh it, it's interesting because in this one it's a full unit it's not like a single mom or a single dad and they're not even a fighting unit mm-hmm. they're not like a unit that's falling apart because normally in his movies it's either like a family unit that's falling apart or well, they're like post already stoners they're yeah. like getting into their their 40s yeah and uh it's what 1985 so mm-hmm. yeah they'll put them in their 20s in 1965 yeah. 
And uh, yeah, that, that's that's one of the things that I love is when they're just fucking sitting in bed smoking pot because the totally. kids are in bed. I just feel like it, it definitely has like his. Uh, it's investigating a lot of those same ideas that he spent the '80s investigating in his movies, mm. and in in the same way that he did in those movies, like he made a bunch of science fiction movies that are ostensibly like pretty family friendly movies. And this is maybe the only horror movie I've seen that like is scary. It's very scary, but is like a family-friendly movie overall. Honestly, to tell you the truth, when I was a kid, I didn't like E.T. because I found it scary. Yeah, me too. Now, granted, at the same time, when I was a kid and I knew something was supposed to be scary, that was enough to just yes, scare me. Yeah, yeah, just because yeah. I was like, oh, this is a horror movie, and then I would get all worked up. He was just so, freaky uh, looking. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's freaky looking, it's intense, but like, if you think about Spielberg, though, he did cut his chops in horror a little bit. Mm-hmm. He did uh, Duel, for Duel, which was yep. TV, but I mean, that's a horror movie. Yeah. You know, and then Jaws. And so, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's dealt in horror. So well, I think he, that element is somewhat there. Well, a lot of his science fiction movies have horror elements to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of the imagery in this movie that is so iconic and scary can be found in his other science fiction movies. Well, I think in this, the scary stuff, like the actual scary stuff, not like just the magical stuff. Uh, that's what has Toby Hooper on it. Yes. Like the, even the clown scene under the bed and all that, yes. that's like kind of just slashery looking. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, then you look at scenes like uh, Carol Ann just holding onto the bed as the yeah. wind sucks her in, and that looks like Spielberg. Totally. You know, there's 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 a mix there. So, yeah, I don't know. I'll give it to Toby Hooper because I've given I, so much to Spielberg already. Now <laughs> that I've now that I've watched it again, I am very curious, like, who made this, like, how this movie was made, I guess is a better way to phrase that. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it, it has both of them all over it, I think. Uh, I More Spielberg, I think, than Hooper, actually. Um, I think perhaps, though, that might be coming from something where it's like, when I when I see something Spielberg-y, I know it. Um, I don't know if I'm as well-versed on, Co- on a, the Cooper, hanging with Mr. Hooper, <laughs> with Hooper. Mm-hmm. And um, so there, there might be some flares that are distinctly his that I just didn't yeah, recognize, too. But I feel like that also just speaks more to how quality of a film, not that I'm breaking oh, yeah. new ground here, but how quality of a filmmaker Spielberg is. He's got a visual language that is clearly identifiably Spielberg. Oh, yeah. If you told me this was just a Spielberg movie, I'd just take it. Yeah. For, yeah I feel like yeah, I wouldn't even have to tell you. I could just show you this movie, and you'd be yeah. like, I think this is, this is a Spielberg, Spielberg movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas like, I, don't I think, didn't know J.J. Abrams made movies yeah, in the 80s. I don't think Hooper has nearly as distinctive a, a visual language that he's working with. You know? uh, I mean, when I think of Hooper, I think of, like, in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and then there's this other movie, I don't know if you've ever seen, I think it was, like, Eaten Alive or something, uh, where it had, like, that's a killer where crocodile. A buck, but also, like, came to fuck came from. Oh yeah. yeah, I saw it like before that even. But it's like one of those where it's um, just another crazy family, and it seems kind of improvised. Like they're just weird kind of sort of indie character actors just kind of going at it, like acting hickey and stuff. And this is just very like I don't know if Hooper wrote those, so you know that's part of the influence on it. But it's just this is like it's just such a scripty movie. You know, it's hard to know Hooper's influence when you got some something so written. Like this, oh, yeah, you know yeah. and I mean? it had three writers on it. One of them was Spielberg. Spielberg, yeah. yeah. Who were the other people? Which um, is interesting they weren't anybody that I had recognized, yeah, yeah. but I'm sure they have some. Sort I of thought it was only two because when I seen it, I saw. I, I saw, think he's saying three because it was like Spielberg and so and so, and the story by, but then Spielberg and someone else for script. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, That's why he's okay. Three. Well, let me see because I, I, I'm, I'm trying um, to picture, I'm trying to photographic memory the opening credits. Yeah, I God thought that it. was interesting because Spielberg has not actually written that many movies. Dan is currently using his iPhone. I am. Well, I clicked Poltergeist, and then I had to click Poltergeist Disambiguation. Yeah. Because it was giving oh. me the definition of what one is. And now I'm just going to find it. 
I, I can't believe that it's that it's really under the comics. I didn't know there was okay. Just so, speaking of uh, Spielberg writing, I don't know if you've ever seen, but like sometimes I'll see an old copy in libraries and stuff. There's a Close Encounters of the Third Kind novel mm-hmm. written by Spielberg. Really, like a book. No ghostwriter or anything on it. No, and like he wrote mm-hmm. it like the same time around this when the script came out. And it's no just ghost like, writer or anything on it either. Mm-hmm. Like fire oh, yeah, no, and yeah, chain yeah, no, and no, shit. Okay. No, no Nicholas Cage. Well, the Wikipedia is not helping because it just has their names, but it's Michael Grace G R A I S, Mark Victor, the man with two first names, and Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Some guy named Bruce Willis. I don't know if that's anybody. Yeah. Okay, so the uh, Michael Grace was a producer, and he produced Marked for Death. What's up? What's Marked oh. for Death? Marked it's for Death is a 1990 action movie starring Steven Seagal. Of course it is. Yep. I was going to guess, man. It's Dan. called Marked for Death. Van Damme tends to go with uh, two word titles, I think. Mm. Sudden and, Death. Uh, sudden Death. Time Cop. Even that's one word. <laughs> um, Street Blood Fighter. Sport. Street Fighter. Kickboxer. You know, Universal Double Soldier. Team. Lion's Heart. Double Team. <laughs> Knockoff. <laughs> the Expendables 2. The. Um, but uh, yeah, and Great Balls of Fire and Sleepwalkers, and then um, Jean Claude Van Damme was in this. Let's no, see, he co-wrote Double Impact. Oh, no, is this no, interesting? I mean, mm. It's more interesting to me that Spielberg. Uh, so, well, well uh, what I was going to say was it was more interesting to me that Spielberg wanted to even write a horror movie because it's mm. like, uh, uh, like you said, he I guess he steeped in it a little bit, but even Jaws and Duel, you know, you can make arguments. I'd argue. Like, it's a horror template, but it's Jaws not a plays movie. like an adventure movie. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just gonna throw this out there real quick. Mark Victor, he did co-write Pol- Poltergeist and Poltergeist Two. He also co-wrote Marked for Death, so I think we can assume he's associated with the other guy. And he wrote Cool World. Oh, Cool World, the uh, hey. Brad Pitt animated film. Right? Yep. I mean, I was just gonna say, I, I'd argue like there's a lot more horror elements actually in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like, I was thinking that in the face melting stuff. Well, I think there's, there's tons in, in Temple too. of Doom. Yeah. Did, well, what was interesting to me was that first I was like, wow, I can't believe he wanted to write like such a straight-up horror movie. That that seems like out of character for him, especially actually write it mm-hmm. when he doesn't write that many movies. But then you said, Dan, that this is actually an amalgamation of like a lot of ideas he had just at this time yeah. for things like a sequel to E.T., other science fiction movies he wanted to make. Before E.T. even came out, he was I think it was called Night Skies. Okay. It was a Night horror Skies, movie yeah. about aliens attacking and then he took like the friendly elements of it you know made et and like there's still shades of that in et when the you know when the government's coming for sure there's like it's you know it's a big chase yeah that's that's iconic over across the moon it's the fucking amblin logo yeah yeah uh, Yeah. it's uh you know so it has horror elements and so i believe the way that it worked was he had the two scripts one was poltergeist one was et and he was going to do one and toby hooper was going to do one sure and then it just went this way Weird. And so... Interesting. Toby Hooper got poltergeist. But I, I think due to the fact that they were working in the same area at the same time in the same movies allowed Steven Spielberg in a producer role to be more hands-on. Yeah. And thusly put his stamp very apparently on it. Yeah, because, it, I mean, it it very it even feels like E.T., I mm-hmm. think, in a lot of its tonality. Uh, when the, the closet opens and they're all going into yeah. the glowing light and it's a silhouette, that's E.T., that's Close yeah. Encounters, that's all of that. Yeah, there's there's just a lot of shared imagery with other Spielberg work, especially from this era of Spielberg movies, you know, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was, like, really interesting. I was just like, wow, this is kind of crazy. This is just, like, a guy who's like, I've got the... You know, it actually it reminded me of a thing that I often say about... Um, uh oh what the fuck is his name now um 
uh, motherfucker who just made uh, Alice in Wonderland and all. And, oh, Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Oh, Tim Burton. It yeah. reminds me of what I say about Tim Burton all the time. Tim uh, Bonham Carter. Yeah, 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 yeah. He just has like three visual ideas that he's been tr- striving to get perfect. So he just keeps remaking the same movie with different stories over oh, and yeah. over and over right. again. He's like, what if we to take this classic story? Right? We'll add Johnny Depp and Spirals. Yes, exactly. You guys like Spirals? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, Johnny. Yeah, Tim Burton. So it's interesting to me to like see a version of Spielberg because I, I that's not how I feel about Spielberg, but it's interesting to see a version of him that's like these are just visual tropes of his that he's really interested in. So he's like, here, other guy that I hired, take oh, these yeah. things that I'm good at and put them in this horror movie. Yeah. I think it's almost the same thing that you see even nowadays. And, oh, God, I'm struggling to find a better example. But, like, okay, like, so uh, Quentin Tarantino likes Eli Roth's style. Right. Brings yeah. him under his wing, starts producing his movies. Mm-hmm. And everyone goes, hey, you know, I feel like uh, when Hostel came out, Tarantino might have had like some hands on some of those ideas and mm-hmm. you know, those things there, and of course, it might have been more so in the Spielberg sense. We but got uh, Guillermo del Toro is doing that now. He's got oh, okay. Mama, and then what was the the Katie Holmes one? Uh, the dark. Are you night? afraid of no. the dark? Or? Oh, don't go! Don't oh, don't uh, be afraid of the dark. Don't yeah, be afraid. Yeah, yeah, those are the yeah. same kind of like weird kind of pan's labyrinthy. Yeah, that's you know, true. With his, I gotta say, I dug Mama a lot. I like that. Uh, yeah. Uh, I. I do. You know what I, I thought was fascinating about this movie? The <laughs> I was thinking this the whole time. The I feel like ah, this is such a sweeping generalization. It doesn't. It's not even worth saying. Say it. We'll chip away at it. Say the, it. I feel like most horror movies, or at least right now, something that's very popular in horror is like the building of tension and sort of the payoff of a lot of built up, overwrought tension. I, yeah. uh, I mean, that's 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 a good horror movie. I mean, well, I, I think, though, I think it, this one is like just kind of tense throughout it at a, at a well. Yeah, yeah. Level, I didn't even make my point. My point is, this movie is not that at all. Oh, yeah. This, yeah. Movie, this movie, ten minutes in, is like, no, this house is fucked up and it's haunted in yeah. like the craziest yeah. haunted house sequence oh, I've yeah. seen. It, like that was a great sequence. Well, I think and this so is they a... just like come out the gate and are like, this house is fucked. There's fucked up shit happening. This movie is not about like let's let's. What is inch happening? Inch you, inch you towards it. it I think What's that's something happen? that's missing. It's a big, yeah. awesome Three right set to the piece fray. after set yeah. piece. Well, I think what, what makes it so is that, like, a lot of haunted house movies you see today, like, even something like Insidious, like, it's just kind of about the house. Yeah. You know, you watch uh, Burnt Offerings. It's about this house. You watch mm-hmm. The Haunting. It's about this house. Mm-hmm. You watch The House on Haunted Hill. Guess what that's about? It's about the fucking house on Haunted Hill. Mm-hmm. This one, at the risk of sounding like a Fast and the Furious joke, it's about the family. Yeah, yeah, But yeah, it really yeah. is. It's, it's about... Yeah. So we just take the the haunting for granted. Yeah. They explain the rules as to what it is later, but more we're just worried about the family. And there's so many plot devices littered throughout where it's just like, oh, the daughter spends a lot of time at at her friends' houses. Mm-hmm. So like they actually take care to dispatch characters mm-hmm. and bring them back in a way that is like family. Well, and he, I mean, it's a it's something very typical of Spielberg movies at this time. And I was thinking this the whole time that the family does seem like a very real family. The you know the parents are smoking pot late at night when they think their kids are asleep. Uh, they're uh, when they they like argue a little like when it gets to that moment where the 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 crazy lady that gets introduced in the third uh, act. Oh, you mean Kim Jong Il? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> does look like Kim Jong. When they introduce Kim Jong Il, I've had that in the holster for a while. <laughs> Kim Jong Un. No. no. <laughs> nah, yeah, yeah, it's Ill. Without the glasses, Kim Jong Un. With the glasses, so ill. Yeah. Oh, so, Ill. so fucking Kim Jong Illmatic. <laughs> License to Kim Jong Il. 
There's that great moment when they introduce her there, not when they introduce her, but when she's like, uh, oh, which one of you is, is your daughter more afraid of? And they start going like, oh, we never yell at our kid. And she's like, fucking fuck off and tell me who she's more afraid of. Like, oh, yeah. Be adults about this and tell me which one of you is like, argue, the bad guy when you need argue to Argue later and discover who it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's my impression of that, her. That chick's face look like a fucking potato. <laughs> uh, which one, the daughter? Oh. Uh, no, no. no. Here's what was creepy about the daughter. Oh, with that oh, fucking the, bowl cut. Yeah, I was trying to think. I was like, well, what you guys just that ha- that halfway bowl cut the, scared yeah. the shit out of me. That's what that was. And to f- <laughs> that's here, what that was. Here's <laughs> here's the thing. I love kids, but if I my don't. if my daughter <laughs> is yeah. creeping me out already, is it that bad that my that my house ate her up? Is it? <laughs> is it really? Fuck this! I mean, I got you know, two. I got sorry, two. Well, I mean, my, here's the thing. My the thing oldest want to have a kid disappear on you, and then the cops are like, "Where's your kid?" And you're like, "Well, the fucking ghost got him." Yeah. I mean, they moved the, the headstones. The only, they didn't move the bodies. The only reason why what a twist. The only <laughs> reason why they went and saved the youngest daughter is because they fucked up with the first one. The first one was a slut already. So that's why they had yeah. to save it because the saving grace. I don't know if the, she was a slut. She yeah. was a 16 year old girl, aka slut. This is, uh, yeah. <laughs> If I had a vagina, I'd have been a slut too. You ever see teeth? Oh God! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah shit's yeah. crazy. She was a slut. See what happened to her? I never saw the movie. Yeah, yeah, I don't like all this slut talk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. But hey, that's that's just how the cookie crumbles. Thing is, though, they played her like a like a regular 16, 16 year old girl, and any suggestions were just mild, like oh, she parties. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was trying to say too. That they play it like a real family. Yeah, it's I mean? real. There's, 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 there's it, it's not idealized at all. It's mm. just like yeah. I, oh, I would say it's idealized, but in a very like you know, they smoke pot, but they read Reagan biographies. Like they, American, they're way? cool with their daughter, but they're still like stern enough to be like, hey, you know, get off the phone. I understand what you're doing, but you know it's time for bed. I think that they're plays not, like, too. Boy phobic, or they're very 1982 modern. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, I mean that was the post 60s, like that was the you know end of the 60s through the 70s into the 80s kind of just reaction to the free love yeah. was just let's get stern. But mm-hmm. they they are of that you know how should I put it? Him joining the the bureaucracy of that is what has made him this amazing salesman as they just sell these mm-hmm. little boxes that. Little boxes on, on a hillside. They sell that shit, and uh, but at the same time, you know they're stoners from back in the day. Yeah. That let's say that they're let's let's say that that Craig Craig T. Nelson is forty three, his daughter, the oldest one, sixteen. So that would mean he had her at twenty seven. I thought they said they were younger. I, thought, I swear they said they were like thirty seven or thirty eight. Well, there you go. Even you know, even younger, even yeah. more than that. That puts them at what twenty one, yeah. twenty two. So it's like you know they they were a product of the excess thrown into that and like there's a whole story there there's a whole story about the development of just that land oh totally that I mean there there is like that the this commentary going on in this movie about like w- where our our culture was where American culture was like moving out of the 70s into the 80s and like what is what is safety yeah exactly because even when he's what arguing is a family? with the uh, what is, uh, oh yeah you know, what does that unit mean uh, is it getting this house to put them all in because that's kind of i feel like that is one of the questions that is asked in this movie they're they're in this neighborhood that was so popular at that time which is just like we cheaply build a shitload of the same house in like a little valley that was otherwise abandoned uh because it's really cheap but we can like sell them pretty expensively to these people that are flush with money because no one's ever been flush with money before it's the first generation oh yeah baby boom uh so it's like 
you know, there's this commentary just about like what. So what is the what is the family then? Is it this like what is a home and what does that mean to the family? Oh yeah. Uh, how how, mu- how much is that? holding us together and tearing us apart. And also, you know, who, who can you trust? Yeah. Because that is one of those things that's like, oh, this is too good to be true, and it's really not. Oh, wait. They moved the stones, but they yeah. didn't move the bodies! That's, you know, <laughs> and the that's how they were able to produce it so cheaply, is that it was just land that was cheap, because right. it's yeah, filled with it fucking bodies. Over, over a burial ground of some kind. I mean, that at the end of the day, the thing I was like, man, this movie is not actually, um, I don't know how to explain this, it's great, but it's not good. It's like it's not the as far as like a story goes, it like oh, barely yeah. has one. But there's, so does Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right. I mean it's that like, that is true. Know, there's yeah. no, it's just steppies after steppies. That's the thing though, because Spielberg is so good at that. Like this is this movie is full of iconic imagery that I totally remember from when I was oh, a yeah. kid. Um Things that, like, you know, I used to be afraid of trees outside my windows all the time. And watching this, I was like, oh, this is fucking why. Yeah. Like, th- that wasn't just, like, a built-in fear that I had. This I don't movie know if that's introduced why, though, because that to me. I was always afraid of the trees outside my house before that. Like, I feel like yeah. that's a kid thing. This maybe probably, it is. You know, I don't remember enough, though. I was kind of thinking as I was watching this, I was like, maybe it's not a kid thing. Maybe I fucking saw this movie when I was a kid. Well, Spielberg, yeah. when he wrote that, because I know he wrote that scene, one of the trivias about it is that was based on a fear he had as a child. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the tree attacking as a kid. Well, that, it, probably because that you're probably right. It probably because it is like a universal fear that children have. Um, but there, it is just full of iconic imagery around what is otherwise like not that interesting of a. It's not that's not interesting, but not that like. Um, well, there's not a whole lot going on. Behind it yeah. so much is it's just will they survive this weird? Yeah, thing? it's more about the family and can they survive this ordeal? It's not. I mean, it barely has a plot uh, to speak of. No, no, I think it has. It has actually no. You know what? You're right. It's not the plot. It has. It has a. But it's like also the perfect, like, if you think about it, it's the perfect amount of plot told through action. Yeah, They yeah. don't stop and go, this is what I'm feeling. This is what, you just see them, you just see him with his eyes, and he just drinks a beer, yep. and that's all the story you need. Oh, yeah, he has a cigarette over his ear. Yep. Yeah. You don't need him sitting there, seeing, like, holding her hand. And- right. That actually, that was one of the things I really enjoyed in this movie too. Was that 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 time jump it took at one point, which we did talk about a little bit. We we weren't all convinced it was the same well, amount of time. Well, that something that you had said when we were watching it is that there are some sloppy edits in it. Yes, there are. Uh, there's none of that sweeping Spielberg, you know, uh, what's it where it transitions just right. lens to lens like that as it's moving. It's just there'll be blocky well, the, cuts that don't always line scene. up. What was that? You uh, like you mean like when it zooms in on someone? I mean the the hallway scene. No, I was saying like there's just no, yeah, in a scene they'll just cut to a different angle and it'll have like a wonky transition. Yeah, and um, you know there's a couple of those in this movie. And uh, so when they would do a time jump, it was hard to tell if there was any sort of transition. Right. It was just next next shot and. I totally yeah. agree. You just that have to use environmental clues, of which there are enough. Yes. But it was certainly enough to pull us out for a second. Yeah. So I guess that's a demerit. Because we did have to talk about it a little bit, like how much time had passed there. And I'm still not convinced we know how much time passed. But I liked the idea of they, like, I, I mean, that happens like 15 minutes into the movie, that first, like, really big, crazy haunting sequence. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I, I loved. It was just, this movie's full of great practical effects. It's yeah. worth seeing for that alone, I think, actually. Um, but the. Th- they once they get past that first haunting, uh, they they sort of like just immediately lock into this idea of like, well, now the house is haunted and the family has just accepted that and are living with it. You know, yeah. it ju- it uh, and I, I was kind of fascinated by that that the movie didn't didn't do what Kevin was like. Yeah, it do- you know, it doesn't like stop to be like, well, this is how this is happening and this is why and this is it just fucking went like the br- once that haunting happens. It just hits the gas and goes, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, what well, we, the, 
I didn't. Honestly, we only know what the family knows in terms right. of the explanation. We get it at the same time as them, and so for them, it's just a reactionary thing because you know, daughter's gone. This is what we know: is she just disappeared in a fucking closet? Mm-hmm. Glow. See, that's the thing. This is so a child fucking. We gotta go. Movie. Yeah, like, that's one of the things about not mm-hmm. saying exactly the amount of time. It can make them kind of get away with more that's without saying funny. it's been a week or something like this is like a kidnapped daughter like it's that's the scary like so for little kids you're like yeah. oh a haunted tree a clown for adults it's like oh my god yeah, yeah the yeah. daughter's gone when, we they, don't when know. they think she might have like drowned in the pool right and they're, like, now, searching yeah. through there and it's interesting that you say that because like now the the paranormal team has kind of become a trope right but that paranormal team is very much similar to your team of elite hackers that mm-hmm. help you they monitor the phones they talk to the uh you know, they bug the phone when you talk to the kidnapper. You know, it's definitely that kind of a thing. Absolutely. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, the part that kind of, like, I lost, I don't want to say lost touch, but, like, that, I didn't like the fact that they played with the ghosts at first. I actually I thought like, that yeah, was I weird, cool. too. I it's a cool sequence, but it is bizarre, I think. Cause I don't were, think it's so bizarre. Cause cause like, no, but, the, 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 but they were all chummy and shit with them, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, then it's a problem. Mm. It was just I don't know. It was just it was an odd kind of okay. That generation maybe they're raised more religious, so they already believe in angels and stuff. So they're kind of like, oh, this thing I always wanted to believe in, it's tr- it's real. All right, let's just enjoy this for a second. We believe these are you know. I didn't really like think you know maybe it's just but like you, magic ghosts. You, 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 I think you're right though because even even when uh, the little midget so angels, lady said something to her, she was like, "Are you are oh, you willing yeah, to give you, up what you know as a Christian? Yeah, as all this and just do what I say." Like, but again, uh, I remember there's that part where um, when Craig D. Nelson first comes home, uh, <laughs> I wish I knew their names, and uh, uh, you know. I know the name. There's Freelings. I know his wife is just like, okay, remember when we were no, young freeling. and you have an open mind. Mm-hmm. Just open your mind before we do this. Just well, go yeah. back to that, like how you felt yeah. when you were young. Like what, like what, like what Scully said. That's probably that's probably why they made sure you saw that he was reading that Reagan book, mm-hmm. just yeah. to make sure what kind of what, like what kind of yes. thing he was on, yeah. and the juxtaposition of them smoking weed at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did think that was interesting. Actually, yeah, um, they. I, well, I think too. Like this is a I, people do tend to get more like classically conservative as they get older. Yes. And so this is a couple that was clearly young, liberal, got pregnant early, free love, all that stuff. And so now, you know, they're just kind of buying into the machine. Mm-hmm. And as a result, you know, it's more, it shows more on him than on the wife. But, you know, cause oh, even yeah, she says to him like, you know, oh, you know, open your mind. She literally says, open your mind to like how, yeah. how it used to be. And, you know, that kind of a thing. And then when, and she's like, "Oh, I tried it. And it makes you feel all crazy inside." And he like w- goes around it. He won't yeah. even sit near yeah. it. You know, there's a different. It's just a, you know they approach it differently, but, but with still, the same sort of curiosity. He still gets that wild. giddiness when they go over to the neighbors. Yeah, yeah. You know, he just gets it. You know. To go back, to go back to what uh, what Kevin was saying, it was. Uh, I, I made I made I made I made light of it. I made a, made a joke about it. But what you were saying about how. It's more of like a abduction movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me why. <laughs> I don't Tell know me what, why. Ain't mm. no, all right, my bad. <laughs> Tell me yeah. why uh, Craig T. Nelson, you saw it in his face that he was worried about his daughter. Yet the mother just got hotter and hotter as the movie <laughs> went along. Because she stopped uh, eating. You know, that's the way it went. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what it is? That's, that's like, they always say that you end up with someone who's, you know, you end up marrying your mother. 
you know, the 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 woman you marry ends up being I very similar to your mother. I hope not. And uh, and it's <laughs> and it's funny because a lot of girls that I date, I'll I'll be like, ah, that quality yeah, kind of yeah. does remind me of my mom, you know, and it's there. And I think just naturally, it's part of our science. We're attracted to to mama. You know, it's it's in our genes, and she just gets so fucking. You you took the Grizzlies Cubs, and now she's gonna cross dimensions to fucking oh, rip no, you to shreds. No, no. You know? I'm not I'm not worried about that. What I'm saying is, she went from wearing some like cheap ass t shirt and and booty shorts. All of a sudden, she's looking like the white Claire Huxtable. Got a purple button up. <laughs> that was a got Claire a Coo- Huxtable shirt. <laughs> got a got a Coogee, got a Coogee sweater. Do you just like watch Nancy Grace looking for just like distraught <laughs> women, and you're like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> but to, I, I, it it just to to see to see the stress in the father's face in comparison to how calm. And relaxed, the mother seemed. Plus, why do you say she's calm and relaxed? She's I'm like crying. She's she's near the end know, of it. Yeah, near the end. Like when they when no, they, well, no, but they played it differently though. Because gonna, as soon as she was gone, when she heard her voice, she was it was a relief that came over. Like, oh, she's not dead. She's here. Mm-hmm. And so then it turned into like, well, a, a little piece of the mystery is is gone, so she can manage from there. Well, she you was know, always like, it was the strongest. Yeah, you know, like the when they when they they go back to the house right after. Like you know, you see Craig T. Nelson talking to the psychics and then they go back and she's just like oh we're so proud of him you know like patting him and he's just like messed up mm. and it cuts to the daughter and she's just like chewing her fingers off oh yeah i forgot she kind of has like, like a crazy like breakdown kinda, yeah. yeah yeah she like cracked up understandably uh <laughs> craig t nelson is just like like can't even think and she's just like the one who's gotta be like holding it together you know oh yeah i mean most 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 mothers have they have to be the strongest one mm-hmm. in order for any family to survive? Really? Well, I mean that's and that's also that's kind of a horror trope too. That is just it's always the 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 bond of the mother, you know, is is always a thing. I mean, in Insidious, they do it. The mom, um, actually, the uh, it haunts the mom, but I guess the dad does the uh, does the haunted stuff in that. I take that example back, but um, <laughs> now, of course now I'm not going to be able to think of one. But it's do we lose one? Uh, no, nah, he's good. But that's a, that's always a thing. It's always the the love of the mother is is this yes. transcendent magical force, you know, and, and that's just the, the way that that story is told. But you know, that's used. I mean, almost literally in this one, she goes to another dimension and then gets birthed back into ours with oh, her yeah. daughter and her covered I mean, in prosciutto. There it is, nice, <laughs> nice red jello and prosciutto. <laughs> Sounds pretty good, actually. That would be good. <laughs> I wouldn't mix them, and no, I wouldn't put them on a person. I'd put them no. on a plate. I mean, hey, if she's into that kind of thing, maybe. Like, it kind of tastes a little like tennis balls, though. <laughs> I like some tennis it's balls my handwriting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can we say how tight my man's bugle boy sh- uh, jeans were? Like, oh, my was, goodness. They yeah. were white. Those white jeans. Tight yeah. for no reason, and it just was, come on, bro. He was a, he was a piece of 80s trope, yep. which was just like Scared the, black the man. Hip, hip, inoffensive black man. <laughs> and that was just, you know, like... like Oh, no, sorry, we'll say hip, non-threatening black yeah. man. A.K.A. 1982 Satoyo. Let's mm-hmm. just put it out there. That was always the thing. If you Actually, if you look in every uh, totally. uh, slasher movie, there's one of those. Yeah. The, you know, I'm just glad he survived to the, the end. That's all I'm saying. The pre-gangster rap black guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because we, uh, back then, jo- we were Joanna all about Man's the one from uh, one of the, uh, I forget which Jason movie it is, oh, but yeah, Joanna one, Man like is seven, the, the one with the psychic. Possibly, uh, yeah, uh, probably, or maybe it's New York or something. Oh, I'll have to ask Brandon so T. Gorin. Do you mm. think he's related to Craig T. Nelson? They <laughs> 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 have the same mi- last middle names. 
I uh, I the the effects in this movie were really interesting because it was clearly made at a time when it was just like we got a lot of new stuff and we still got a lot of old stuff that works great. Let's, Let's just see throw what it in a blender. <laughs> oh yeah. And the, a large amount of the effects was just a strobe light. Yeah, you know. And actually, I read somewhere that they had a, a strobe light behind an aquarium, mm. and it would shine through the aquarium and just give it the watery effect. Interesting. Huh. Simple yeah. stuff. Yep. So much more effective than when someone is surrounded by you know hand uh, computer drawn things and mm-hmm. tendrils. And, and I all like that stuff. I like how they just didn't even show the after. Like Insidious did that and did it neatly, but it's one of those like almost the Jaws. Never showing it, but even more so, they never show that other dimension. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah, you never see it. I'd I was curious. hoping and for that makes it. it like cooler. Yeah. I like it. That gives it more. I, well, that's the thing. Like Insidious is this incredible like first two and a half acts, and then the last act, you're like, all right, it makes sense. It works for this movie, but it stops being scary. It just it just changes I mean, the tone. Poltergeist, you don't want them just like in it like a white hallway. Like you want to be like you, like this is the cra- you can't even picture this place. Well, I'm going to tell you this. Plan. Do you want to see that place? Why not crack into Poltergeist 2? I'm good. Yeah, you, it's really it's really very bad. Is Craig T. Nelson in it with his other Craig family? Craig T. Nelson's in it. And then the third one, it's just the little girl. And she's being watched by people, and then they live in an apartment tower and ghosts. So they, so, yeah. <laughs> it's, Wait, so, it's they, so, so they downsized. They went from they got a nice it, little yeah. rancher home to an apartment. Well, no, the second one, I, I forget where, where it takes place. The third one, she's not with any of them. It's like they're different family members. Oh, yeah, like she's living with like cousins or something. Or something. Yeah. yeah. Craig Nelson's oh. like, I got a fucking sitcom, dude. Yeah. You think I'm going to... I'm done. The the other daughter, she can't be in it. She's She was killed. So she's not able to be in it. So, you know, they just do that. It's a shitty... So I didn't mean to bring, shitty, that, bring it down with franchise. that. Shitty franchise. You know, yeah, it's it's it happened. You couldn't put her in the sequels yeah. because she was murdered right as this one came out. Ouch. So it's like... You know, what are you going to do? Everybody knows the true Hollywood story of the Poltergeist. Yeah, you know. It was on all the time, and it was like, oh. Mm. Yeah, it's a cursed movie. Yeah. I forget what the other curses were besides that the little girl died of a freak disease right after the third one wrapped, but. Craig T. Nelson wasn't coach. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's a curse. I don't know what happened. The tree went on to a career uh, playing trees in well, such actually, movies the as tree, The Fellowship <laughs> of the Ring. Actually, the tree, he has me to come back. He's in all the uh, StubHub commercials now. So, oh, yeah, uh, that's true. He, he kind of has a wonky eye <laughs> from like all the stuff that happened to him. But His first yeah. role was in Evil Dead because, you know, as a tree, you have to do porn first. <laughs> There was, and uh, there's there a tree rape scene in that guys. Dead in this movie, I think. I think so too. But you got to wonder if that's part of just like similar effects being developed. Yes. Because they came out right at the same well, time. We were commenting on that. Wait, this, let's see. this movie has. I think it's like 81. Evil Dead. Yeah. Uh, my guess is going to be 82. I have IMDb open. Let's see. I know it was made in the 70s. It might not have been released till the 80s, but right. The and then, I know there was, was it in the 70s. Yeah, like 79. Like all of it. Yeah. Well, they shot Evil Dead over the course of like three and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. 1981 is the official date on yeah. it. And what was what was this? What was Poltergeist? 82. Uh, Poltergeist is, I think, is it 82? I thought yeah. it was like 80. Really? 82. Yeah, 82. Wow. That and um, E.T., 82. There was other, is that one of the summer of 82? Is that like Escape from New York? Maybe The Thing is even? Maybe. The Ooh. Thing, I think, is 82. Oh, 82. Good year. Pretty good year. Pretty um, good fucking year. But uh, the, oh, what was I going to say? Here's an interesting fact just while I'm on the IMDb. The house used to film this movie is located in Simi Valley, California, where it still stands today. The family who owned it when this movie was filmed still live there. Whoa. That's pretty cool. Jesus. 
because that 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 stairway sucked. Right. Yeah, you that was move, a shitty You couldn't way. move anything it was anywhere. Every, uh, that was terrible. Actually, you know who, who the developers were? They were the Bluth Company. Yeah. Uh, this is definitely the Bluth Company. Yeah. Or the people that designed Biff's Tower in alternate <laughs> 1984. <laughs> I just picture... Just I picture 1985. Uh, 1985. I picture George Bluth yelling at Job like, you know, you moved the headstones, but you didn't move the bodies. <laughs> Oh come on! Who's gonna really think about this, buddy? You know, like just, Michael's house through. just collapsed in on itself. Yeah, you know? yeah. What is he? You want to hear the summer of '82? Yeah, summer of '82. Conan the Barbarian, Ooh. the Road Warrior, nice. Rocky Three, mm-hmm. Jesus, yeah, Poltergeist, Love it. nice. Wrath of Khan, damn. Mm. Tron, Khan, wow. Khan, Tron. Tron. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, class of '84. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We saw that at the thing. Friday the 13th, <laughs> you know? 3D. Oh, right on. Damn. 82 was, summer of 82 was packed. Pink, oh, yeah. Pink Floyd, The Wall. <laughs> the Dark Crystal. Okay. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Ooh. Wow. Don't you not like that movie? No, but I just, I'm just saying, like, wow, that the song yeah. came wait, out wait, at the same time. You don't like Fast Times at Ridgemont High? I mean, I don't dislike it. I just it's like my a classic, but I mean, it's, my man it's ordered just pizza whatever. in detention. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is badass. That's swag. I mean, oh, yeah. come on. That's how you do. Sheesh. And and swag don't uh, come cheap. Thanks, Mikey Garcia. Yeah, that's the <laughs> that's that's the reason I know that. And that's nobody's cat. Don't pet it. Okay, let's move on. But uh, I I think that one of the reasons this movie scared me so much as a kid is just because it plays so familiar. Yes. Uh, it, it, you just kind of... It, it really does feel real. It and feels it like the familiar. home I grew up in. It, it, exactly. It feels like the family I grew up with. It, There's you know, a lot of horror movies yeah. where you go, don't go in there, and then yeah, they do, yeah. and the movie starts. Or, ooh, better lock the door, and they don't, and then the movie starts. This one is just life as we know it mm-hmm. is upset by circumstances beyond yeah. your control, which is horrifying. Yes. You know, And that is inevitable to happen to everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, So that's like a very real fear, but you don't really see that on the surface. But right. I think that's what really sticks you with it and as a kid that's one of the most horrifying things because you're taught bad things happen to the bad people good things happen to the good people be good and this is just these are good people doing what regular good people do and uh and all the bad things happen to them in the safest most recognizable comfortable at home. place yeah. yeah, at their home, and the it's not stairs. like, and it's not like the home they just moved into. You know, every other haunted house movie is like, ah, oh, we just bought this place. Oh. Uh, it's just, uh, uh, you know, an old guy just died, and we got it for real cheap. Da, da, da. This is like their home that they've been living in. You know, yeah. Mm. I just yeah, because it was it what like they they meant they made a quick mention of it saying like, oh, you were part of phase one, right? Meaning yeah, like yeah. you, even though you were one of the first families here. You're still it's still new because we just finished building mm-hmm. this shit. We're still building on top mm-hmm. of it. It was I a never, very modern looking house. Yeah, for like the year. Yeah, Instead very much so. I don't like I don't like how close everybody's room was though. It was kind of like give me my space, man. Like if yeah. I was a kid when I was like thirteen, like mom, why the fuck is your room right there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dad, get a new like build a I new house. I can hear you guys smoking pot and fucking every night. Exactly. <laughs> You're just laughing and jumping on the bed. Like, yeah, oh, Craig T. Nelson isn't a small kid. I mean, no, kid. No, no, he's no, a small no. guy. He's a big guy. He's doing swan dives and shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> jumping up and down. Fucking hot mom. I think... Uh, 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 no, I lost it. Oh, fucking weed. <laughs> but, no, but yeah, speaking on hot mom, I... <laughs> like, 
the gray streaks were were pretty dope. Mm-hmm. But then I guess at the time, oh, that's wait. I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. You, there's, <laughs> there's no way you can convince me that that's a mother of three. <laughs> oh right, you were on this. This was your big point, dude. It's 1982. She is fit, S- super fit. When when the when the ghost started throwing her ass all over the room, oh, yeah. you saw <laughs> you you saw the definition in her in her stomach. Okay, you took all the cinematic poetry out of that scene. Ghost <laughs> yeah. starts throwing her ass. Her <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, like yeah, that's well, my, my, my bad, my bad, my bad. Let me let me repaint. Let me let me repaint it. Uh, when 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 the mother of three. <laughs> if you say the same thing. With a scary voice, it doesn't put it. it doesn't First of all, I wasn't gonna do that. I was gonna. I was gonna. Say, let me finish. Let me finish. When the mother of three is forcibly moved, <laughs> <laughs> I like it better as throwing her ass. ass around the room. <laughs> but like I said, Michelle's wearing that uh, very suggestive uh, sixty-five wink wink yeah. t-shirt or jersey. You saw she was she was cut like she had she had six packs cut and like in 82 there was no regimen out there yet for a mom of three to get back in shape like that so if a 69 is when you know you mutually eat each other out a 65 is when you eat her out but she just jacks you (laughs) (laughs) uh, you just both just just Or you flip it the other way. She sucks your dick, and you just you just look at it. You just look, <laughs> like, at, oh, look at her. There it is. There it is. Over there. Yeah. Hey, wait. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. And you just Instagram it. You throw money at it on Instagram. <laughs> okay, so this movie is a piece of qualified art because. <laughs> I did think that that scene was amazing, by the way, where she was, what did you say, getting her ass thrown around and shit? <laughs> when she got, you know, and she got Jamiroquied. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That was, was, that was, that like was some <laughs> virtual insanity, you know? Virtual insanity. <laughs> it was Inception before Inception, though. It was yeah. they were clearly doing like a, a big rotating room that she was crawling around on. And they did that differently, though. NSYNC used a big rotating room for Bye Bye Bye. Sugar Ray used yeah. it for every morning. <laughs> I swear. He like climbs around this apartment. I mean, it's not as cinematic as this. It's just a... Yeah. The effect we're talking about for the people listening at home is when a camera is fixed to a set so that when it moves, uh, the camera moves with it. And so any changes and shifts in gravity and what is up and what is down is not visual to right. us. But the way that they did... You know, it's in, in Inception in the hallway scene. Yes, you know, yes, it's all yes. done practically. But if it had you're kind of a Dutch this, angle you know, on this. It had this had a weird angle. Yeah, yeah it kind of came up from the floor. So like yeah. that leads me to believe they put... Really, a lot of work into that. Yeah, I have. A that, feeling that was, was impressive. Done, yeah, a, that a was something strangely. that it was. It was a cool effect shot because yeah. it was clearly done for the effect. Yeah, but like that had one of those weird angles that, and this is gonna sound stupid, but like that's the way The Shining looked. Sure, where yeah. it was just uncomfortable angle just for the sake of mm-hmm. making you uncomfortable, and I don't even know if un- if making you uncomfortable was their intention, but it's just. It, it was a twist on a shot that has now become you know, something that we it, all know. Yeah, 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 it was awesome. It was pretty striking. What year was uh, was uh, the first Freddy movie, Never on Elm Street? 84. Okay, because they do a good one of those in that where the yeah. girl gets thrown oh, around and cut yeah. up around. And so this was, I guess, another effect that they just learned. You yeah, know? yeah. That's always a thing. They uh, yeah, we were talking about that with the uh, the cloud effects. Yeah, which <laughs> were very prevalent at this time in movies. Ghostbusters, the, the king yeah, of the cloud effects. Even uh, uh, Never Ending Story, I think. Uh, yeah, I oh shit, I remember that. Billowing movie. clouds yeah, yeah. making their way through the sky. What if instead of creepy clouds catching on, it was just like, oh, every movie's got a marshmallow man. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they learned how to make the marshmallow man effect. 
that's it. Like I, I was saying before we watched it, uh, we learned the, you know, the uh, the car getting T-boned shot where everyone's sitting there at peace, and then a car that you see and they don't see rails them. Yeah. I still don't know how they do that shot, but once they figured it out, everybody had everybody that shot. Did it, yeah. And even to the point now where if you have a sideways shot of oh, someone yeah, sitting in a car, you expect it. Yeah, I feel creepy. uncomfortable. So yeah. And there was so that was the effect. So we learned that. Then yeah. there was the effect. Well, earlier there was the effect of people getting slashed. And then not knowing that they were cut into multiple pieces for a minute, and then it like down the stairs. Yeah, yeah. I'll see you later. Wait. They grab a sandwich, and then they're like, "Wait a minute!" Like their nose starts to bleed, and then they fall apart into a grid because they walked through a laser grid or something. Blade slaps his sword, so it stops like vibrating. Then you just rip. So we learned those effects. So yeah, I think cloud effects were learned here, and I think that layering computerized versions of real models. Over the, you know, like Ghostbusters did it. Yeah, those were all practical models and animatronics yeah. and uh, not animatronics, like uh, I guess uh, you know puppetry. You mean, you mean like the astral, the astral, beings? like the way Slimer was. He was just it was clearly a puppet that was filmed, which but then by just the way, added with effects. Which by the way, it was a lot of that. Slimer is way better than Casper ever can dream to be. Casper, I don't think you'll find a person on the planet that would contest yeah, that. I'm just saying, I like Slimer. Even He's the cartoon the was just like that, like sixth rate. You know. Yeah. You He's just real fast suddenly had an opinion about something no one was talking about. You were no, like, I mean, no. You were like, hold on, we talking about Slimer? Now let me no, tell you I mean, something about Slimer. He is way better than Casper, and don't you try to tell me otherwise. Look, first that was off, a good Keen Cobb voice. <laughs> uh, first yeah, of that, Slimer's better than Diane Keaton any day of the week. I'm I don't not. Know. <laughs> I can't remember what I was about to say. No, look, Slimer. <laughs> I brought this up. I brought this up with, with Scully during the movie. I said Slimer is an awesome ghost. Like whatever. <laughs> I said that. Now I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not disputing Casper's validity or anything. And I don't even know what the fuck we're talking about anymore. But what I'm saying <laughs> is the older daughter was a slut. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Uh, she came back everybody. with hickeys on like eighth, eighth. She knew the motel. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, that's my favorite. But the place. thing is that I, I feel like they don't play it up in a way that suggests she's just getting fucked. Oh no, yeah, they, they play it up as like she's, she's being a, sixteen and she, yeah, she's shit. a promiscuous teenager. You know what I mean? Like she might not typical. even be promiscuous. She might just be dating they a dude, go, no, and they even, just go but to I, that. But I feel like, uh, promiscuous. I don't even mean that with a negative connotation. I mean oh, like yeah, what yeah. it actually means. Like she's just a yeah, teenager. She just knew where. Yeah, I know there was one. Are you saying that literally or figuratively? They go. She goes. She goes. Shared a milkshake. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah, I pay attention. I listen. No, no, no. Two straws. Yeah. Two and then straws. they fuck in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> well, because you know what? When you're you're like, oh, my house is haunted. They moved the stones and not the bodies. And look, there's look, a tree look, look, bro, my little brother. Look, look, don't you know block what? my dirk. All right. Let's do, do some shit. Dirk. You know. What if I go home oh. and suddenly I have to get eaten by a fire that's, monster wait, wait, in my closet? Yeah. Yeah. You know. Maybe we should we should get kinky. That's the other. That's the other thing. I did. Did Craig T. Nelson like pull his kid out of the tree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I could. Did they show that? Because I know. Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. I know. I remember seeing him climbing up the tree. It was kind of a jump. That sequence got a little bit jumpy with the editing. Because yeah, because it ba- it bounced back to to the, to the little girl getting sucked in. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're they're falling and landing. Yeah. So that's all. I'm I, I think the implication was he pulled him out of the tree. Yeah. Plus, yeah. can 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 the can the can the kid that was getting eat by a tree. Like every Arbor Day, my man cries. Okay. Oh yeah. Like you want me to honor this son of a bitch? Imagine <laughs> being, imagine being like getting eaten by a tree. You're like, you can't. What if you're like, oh, when I grow up, I'm gonna be president. It's like, nah, because when you're ten, you're actually just gonna be one meal for a tree. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the worst thing. That's my most horrifying fear is becoming just like a meal. It's like, oh, you know, I I wanted to uh, write a great screenplay one day, 
but a shark needed some vitamins. And so like, and, then, <laughs> yeah. and that's just the way the cookie crumbles. But a tree? And then imagine you're eaten by the tree. Like, you're just in the tree. Like, well, I guess there's got a way to be digested by a tree. A process that, that nobody knows about because it's not even, it's a ghost tree. It, <laughs> it, it, that's horrifying. You know, that's that's one of the things you got to think about, though. I, I, I'm not, a, but uh, the fact that, like, people watching this were probably like, oh, man, I wonder if Spielberg's going to kill that kid, either of them. Oh, yeah. He had a kid get eaten off a raft by a shark. You Like, yeah. no one's safe in his movies. That's true. He does kill motherfuckers. <laughs> Kills kids. <laughs> Actually, I'd say there's there's one death in one of his movies that like I think about all the time and it, it haunts me. And it's Crystal Skull is oh sorry. And in Munich, there's a scene where Eric Bana's character he's out on his undercover mission and this just beautiful woman comes up and she's yeah. like hitting on him hard. And he's married, but he's far away from home and he's dealing with a lot of death and murder. And she's just like so fucking into him like so and you're just watching it going like this is i would dream to have this happen to me and he's like fighting it and he's just says you know i have a wife i'm sorry leave me alone you know and then the next morning he wakes up finds out that his buddy got killed by this woman she was just a hitman mm-hmm. yeah. and had he just given into that temptation which i would have a hundred percent of the time no matter how you slice it <laughs> And you know he gets like fucking killed. Yeah, quick, my bad. That's crazy. My bad, Spielberg. Quick quick question: You said Banya? Yeah, Eric Banya. Eric Eric Banya. 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 I just say Banya. I thought it was Banya. Eric Bananas. (laughs) (laughs) Is that Banya? Yeah, I think it's B Banya. And it's Eric Banya. B A N A. Banya. (laughs) Banya. Few times have been. Eric one, uh, one time I've been the Hulk. <laughs> 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 That's his song. <laughs> I did, I did. I want. I don't know why this just struck me. I want to go back to talking about something we talked about twenty minutes ago, which was the sequence where they're just like having fun with the ghosts in the kitchen. Yeah, just sending the okay, chair yeah. back and forth. I see. I liked that. I really like. It that showed me that they were curious. Okay, that I really like that sequence, and that is why I like it. I love that curiosity. I feel like. That was like a hold. That was like a leftover idea from Close Encounters. Yeah. Like when yeah. he gets really obsessed with the idea of the mountain, and he's like carving it into mashed potatoes and stuff. That mm. seems like something that character would do. He's so fascinated by this thing that's happening, this phenomena he's experiencing. He wants to like investigate it more. I don't feel like that's something that either of these characters would do. Like especially that mother who just was like. Sitting next to her, her very uh, helpless, innocent baby daughter, and then watched a bunch of chairs stack themselves on top of a table. Yeah, she was uh, way why too would calm. you want to play with that yeah, she was and way investigate that? You know what I mean? Like, but, it just, but that almost seems like a playful mood because, like, first it's like, oh, the chairs pulled themselves out. You know, it's like I don't know. But at the same time, it looked as if it was just this upping the ante. Yeah, that. I, it but just that seems almost essential too, because she's the one that really introduces the daughter totally. into the hands of the. You it know, just whatever strikes you me as think the out fact, of character. I think the fact that she's not scared is a good character moment. Like anybody, like most people would just go yeah. like, "Shit!" Like but was, that just shows, you know. No, that shows she was high as shit. Okay, that's yeah. what that well, shows. Also, I Come think on. there's a sense of you know. They're obviously a happy family, but I mean, she she's probably you know arguably unexcited by this life. You know, oh, like she she's just like doing. You know, like the whole thing is like that it's is that it's like, like 
this whole town is repetitive. It's all the same yeah. everywhere. Oh, yeah. So it's it's a break in routine for this woman who, as far as I understand, just she was a stays housewife. at home and takes yeah. care of the kids. Yeah, the the movie did not televise this that much, but I did get a very distinct feeling. I remember thinking this while watching it that like part of what this movie is about is these two people. Like the reason they're smoking weed in the beginning is we're we're supposed to feel like we're watching two people that bought into something like this Amer- they they bought into this american oh, yeah. dream they bought into this idea of we got to go to college we got to get good jobs we got to have kids we got to buy a house to, to raise those that. They kids, had kids in. so early yeah. uh i i think they bought into that american dream absolutely and are totally like not satisfied with it mm. well they're having trouble selling the other houses i think yeah and like they say that one uh the one uppity potential buyer is like says oh that kind of lived in looking house or whatever ah mm. uh, yeah 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 but no it, it does seem like they, they they bought into you know that yeah, kind of the, a thing i got this distinct feeling that part of what this was about was like they 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 bought this lie that everybody was being sold at mm. the time but also i think their hand was forced too because yeah. we did the math and they had to be 21 22 when they had mm-hmm. uh, the first daughter. Yeah, but even doing that is and buying so, into the American dream. That is oh, the American exactly, yeah. dream. But I mean, is just immediately upon graduating high school, start having babies and, and make yeah, a Yeah, and just go for it. House. I'm yeah. not sure if that's... Well, yeah, it is, but it's just like... Spielberg was always just... Is always on the pulse of like the modern American family. He's yeah. just like modern Norman Rockwell... Mm-hmm. Just movie version, like Americana. You know, that's he's got. No, that. Well, we talked I, about that I, yeah, in when I we think did it's the. Actually uh, the a little bit the opposite, though, because they like Norman Rockwell is the idealized version of American families. I think Spielberg is very much trying to break down the idealized, uh, like version of the American family. Right. Like he, well, I think or he uses the American it. family in terms. Of, I don't think he's redefining it. He's really. very much exploring because he comes from a broken family, and he's yeah. very much exploring the idea of families that fall apart. I think it's it's some of what you were saying in terms of just like finger on the pulse of it because yes. like that was the family unit then yeah. classically, and so well, that, you know the, it's then, made to make even, the audience yeah, like identify. E. Yeah, E.T. But then when you look at like War of the Worlds, that's a broken family yeah. with e- a new but pregnancy. E.T. is about a family that, that has no debt. I mean, E.T. is very distinctly about exactly. what happens when your father is not around. Yeah, yeah. It's mm. very distinctly about. When was that. the last time you watched E.T.? It's probably been at least twenty-five years, and I'm thirty. Yeah. Uh. It's yeah. it's great. Yeah. Like it came on TV. Like it's like got this like kind of you know underlit quality a little bit to it. Like it's it's great. Like it's really good. Yeah. Mm. But that, and now actually, maybe I can see a little bit more of what you mean. Because uh, I, I, when you said redefining it, I, I jumped to say like, no, he's not redefining it. He's like trying to like, he's he's trying to break apart that idea. But now I think I know what you mean. Now is more like, in breaking it apart, he's going like, this is what it looks like now. I this think this a, is what the family looks like. This now. is acceptable. This is accept. You know, I, I don't know if it. No, now he's establishing. He's establishing. He's establishing the status quo of the of the standard family unit. I think it's really just a tool for broad appeal. Yeah. If that's what you identify with, then this will scare you. That's what I mean. You know, yeah, like, I think more maybe he's just setting a status quo of just like this is the regular for this movie, and it's similar to the, the regular. Like this and then, kind of you know not. You gotta give them little ticks. This just makes it gives it a little flavor, making this yeah. happen or the the family a little bit unique in this way or that way. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think it is like much. Uh, I I think there's much more going on with with his depictions of families in movies. Yeah. I think it's very like. 
measured and intentional and he's very much trying oh, to Oh, I'm saying it is measured and intentional, yeah. but I think it lines up with whatever the most standard family unit of the time is. So what do you think his it's, like Well no his, I mean yes and no. I think what he's saying is like this is the standard family unit now mm-hmm. and the standard family unit now is a broken family unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he is redefining it in the sense that he's going like yes, but, now the family unit is like broken. But saying that is is also very intentionally saying like that's uh, not him going like we should accept this. That's him going like look at oh, what okay, we've done. Okay, okay, like, th- like okay. this is not what it should be. Uh, that, but the thing is, I don't, I don't feel that here because this family survived and gained strength because I, of their typical I, holes actually to a, the family. This yeah. is a different Strong. kind of family. Never unit once than does we're the family ever Spielberg get at movies. one another. I totally agree. That you. happens in every other horror movie where they get at one another. This they were united husband and wife. They're like they united the whole time. Yeah, yeah. right away. It's, I totally agree with you. This is a different family unit than we normally see in Spielberg movies. They're almost always broken in, in Spielberg movies. This is a this is a non-broken family I think, unit. I think like okay, E.T. the dead was dead. Yep, but that was like more I don't know of a they're always broken. Thing. Jaws is another one. is the only one where I can really think that it was just so like you know uh, no, I mean, War family. of the Worlds. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think. There's tons of them. But the thing uh, is, in War of the Worlds, the, uh, the way that Empire that family unit one was was also identifiable because like that never happened to me. But I know a lot of people who's you know their 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 parents are divorced. Uh, the mom has a new guy. Is, has it starting to have a family with them? You know, and the yeah. dad's a. So that was just but that was a typical. That's a like somewhat typical family unit of a time. What year was that? Two thousand two. Yeah. 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 So was it really two thousand two? Yeah, it yeah. was. It was, it was shortly after nine eleven. But uh, War of the World is also at the same time. It still maybe. is like five, you know, maybe. No, that might be too soon. Four or five. Four or five. Yeah. For what? Two thousand five. Oh, yeah. K-Cop got one. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Boom. So, but it's oh, still sorry. like you know very. Uh, it loves the family. It's just okay. The minor family is you know divorced parent with the kids. Yeah, I don't think connecting. it loves the family. That's where I like really disagree with the guy. Aww. I don't think it loves the family. I think I think that you're totally right. Like he's very much saying like this is what families look like. I think he loves like kids, now. but is cynical he about does relationships. Love he's, he's very been, cyn- but he's very he's cynical like, about families. How many times have been divorced? Yeah, yeah, he's he's very cynical about families, uh, w- which I think comes through. But that's my point: is this has a different. I think he's kind, kind of an of idealist about families sometimes. No, uh, <laughs> Jaws, this, yeah, fucking the thing. No, is no, though, no. But that's no my matter point. what that, the broken family is, they, they end they, up pulling together that, because of their bonds. That's my point that I'm trying to make: is this is a different version of the family unit that we normally see in his movies. This one's actually together; it's not broken, but. What he's doing is oh, okay. he's what doing he's doing thing. is saying is there's still a lot of sadness in this. Look at this. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, tried okay. to achieve this dream and they did it, and there's nothing there. Yeah, it's, it's just empty. more emptiness. Yeah. So I, he's wow. still very critical of it. It's I just those headstones, but none of the bodies. Yeah, I've never seen this fire in you, man. The, yeah, yeah. No, no, I but I, I, I was misunderstanding what you're yeah. saying. You are right yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Now he's very critical of what families have become. Uh, and and normally he shows that by showing broken families uh, because that's what he experienced. That's what he grew up with was a broken family. And then you think himself, he once he started, he thinks the broken family is a bad thing. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, um, and he, but he, this is interesting because it's not a broken family, and even Jaws is not a broken family. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Jaws is actually one of the, is is a truly unique Spielberg movie because it's not a broken family. And I don't think it even ever tries to imply that like there's anything wrong with that family. Or oh no, anything no. That's going you want to get drunk and fool around? Yeah, that's exactly. a real line. Yeah. yeah, that's like the most positive depiction of like a family I think in a Spielberg movie. Mm. Um, then again, they're not really the center part of the story. That's right. You yeah. know, so it's it is slightly different. Yeah, um, but uh, no, it's a. Uh, 
at the same time, though, I think he's making a case for um, familial bonds. Absolutely. I mean, and this so is even if it's familiar, a, you know, well, this is supposed to of, look and feel relatable because this is what families are now. And even if he's saying like, "Oh, a broken family is bad," he's also saying at the same time like, "But you know, it can work." Oh, it'll form who you if are if you if you you know act like a family despite what you have. You know. And it's crazy because this, at the end of the day, this isn't Spielberg. It's Toby Hooper. I know it, it's so Spielberg. <laughs> no, but he, he at least wrote it. You can yeah, this is this well, is so much. It's Spielberg. the same handprint that he has even on a Back to the Future, where yes. that's Robert Zemeckis, but there's a lot of Spielberginess yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck, even uh, that's what separates the first Transformers from the rest of the Transformers. The first one has some Spielberg in it because yeah. he fucking executive produced it. He didn't do the other ones at all. I don't think he did the other ones. Uh, not in now any creative way. I see way. the differences. See what I'm saying? Because <laughs> no. Honestly, no, because I, I the, the no Michael bullshit, Bay ones are really, all about excess, yeah. which is good for a, a Transformers movie. But the first one knew the when not one, to it, show the it Transformers. Introdu- it introduced you to them, and it wasn't, it wasn't fucking insane. Like like you like like you said, with, it, with it was the, wonder. You yeah, felt exactly. wonder for it. Yeah. It was like, oh man, look at this, blah blah blah. But like with the what with the uh, Michael Bay ones, it was all. Boom, boom, boom! Explosion, explosion! Look at this building! Boom, well, boom, boom, boom! Michael Bay did them all. It was, it just Spielberg produced the first one, mm-hmm. so he was able to temper that. Michael Bainus. Yeah. Bainus. Michael Bainus. Michael Bainus. You want to see some Michael Bainus? You go and watch Bad Boys. That's some Michael Bainus right there. When them them colored boys start running around blowing up three. That's early. Oh, man. Um, Can't wait for that. I think that's just the before I lose this word out of my head. I think that's the one thing that connects all Spielberg movies and Spielberg handled movies is wonder. Yes, it's always about wonder. It's always about oh. fat, you know, fascination. Mm-hmm. Even in the most, you know, uh, it, you know, like even if you look at something like Schindler's List, like the the reason I think that that movie works is is the scope of it, mm-hmm. you know, and there there is a sense of wonder in the shock. It's not shock for the sake of look how fucked up this is. Mm-hmm. It kind of opens the doors in a way that yeah, you see it and go that's fucked up, but there's there's a wonderment to it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, at the very beginning of Jurassic Park, that's that's the whole thing. With Jurassic Park is that it's this wonderful, oh, they do travel, you know, all that stuff. And then it turns into this horrifying, fucked up nightmare of dinosaurs eating people. But, you know, the wonder is always a key. Even in uh, Saving Private Ryan, there's there's a glowing familial wonder about Mm -hmm. certain parts, despite it being this gritty, really horrifying film, you know. I think it's there. He does make horror movies, doesn't he? He does. Mm. That opening 30 minutes... We actually minutes. talked about that on the War of the Worlds one, oh, yeah. I think, actually. We thought about it more and more. The basement the m- scene with Tim yeah. Robbins was just the more straight up The more you think about Spielberg as a filmmaker, the more you realize there's just, like a ton of horror stuff going on in his like storytelling techniques. I think it speaks to horror. I, mm-hmm. I, like when uh, I was at Comic-Con this year, and John Carpenter did a Q&A. And yeah. someone said, you know, why did you get into horror? And he said, well, you know, he's like, you do Halloween. That's just a script that comes your way. You do Halloween, and suddenly you're the horror guy yeah but like you know i feel like if you're a filmmaker trying to be creative you can take you can take even a shitty horror script and turn it into something special if you're good at telling the story Mm -hmm. and more so than a lot of other genres horror allows you to really pull out some tools because you're evoking tension out of stuff that is essentially unreal it's i mean it's it's it is um, as far as movie movies go, I feel like I bet we I bet if we started trying to compile real list of movie movies, we'd find that horror movies far outweigh other genres. Absolutely, uh, because they it, to tell a horror story effectively really requires a lot of the tools that only movie making offers you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, or if nothing else, like uh, pretty much everybody starts from it. Oh yeah, so many people start from it. Yeah. Fuck it. 
our best Spider-Man yeah. movies came from the guy behind Evil uh, Dead. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I feel like horror movies you can do the most with the least. You yeah, know, you, absolutely. You, with with very little money, uh, you can do something very effective in the genre of horror. And even even now that like there's tropes that are that are ingrained into it, mm-hmm. you can almost use those tropes. And yes. it's like now that everyone expects them, we can just tell a different story yeah. with it. You know what's coming. Let's just twist that around a little bit. But this is taking films and just throwing horror into them. Right. But you know that's that's a that's a feeling that uh that I think resonates with me a lot. Like when I was a little kid, I probably wouldn't have watched Poltergeist a second time because it scared the shit out of me. Oh, this was in my. But then like, it turns into this thing that you love. You yeah. know, I I could not handle scary movies as a child, but it now was horror this is my favorite thing that scared me because they were just like, oh, just you know, anything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everything can happen to you. <laughs> like that was more messed up than just you know a shark or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. And that's uh well I. That's actually why I'm excited to. Um, hopefully, uh, Dan and I's plan is to do a couple extra episodes this month leading mm-hmm. up to the 16th. At least one or two more, I, I think. Oh yeah, uh, because horror movies mean a lot to us. So we're doing. Uh, we we knew once October came up, we had to do horror movies for uh, the game show this month. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, uh, October 16th. Oh yeah, October 16th, Philomoka. Yeah, come. I want to throw this out there before yes. I lose it. This is uh, in regards to, hopefully to add some light in regards to who directed Poltergeist. Yes. Was it Toby Hooper or was it Steven Spielberg? And so this is according to IMDb, so you just got to take that as, as for what it is. But uh, when questioned about who had the greater control over Poltergeist, Steven Spielberg or Toby Hooper, Spielberg replied, Toby isn't a take charge sort of guy. If a question was Ooh. asked and an answer wasn't immediately forthcoming, I'd jump in and say what we could do. Toby would nod in agreement, and that became the process of our collaboration. <laughs> now, wait, there's more. So, producer Frank Marshall said, The creative force of the movie was Steven. Toby was the director and was on set every day, but Steven did the design for every storyboard and was only absent for three days during the suit wow. to shoot because he was in Hawaii with George Lucas. <laughs> so that's mm. funny. Then Hober, Hober, Hooper later claimed that he did half of the storyboards. Spielberg then sent a letter to Hooper to clarify matters. And this is what I find most interesting. Here's his letter to Toby Hooper. Regrettably, some of the press has misunderstood the rather unique creative relationship you and I shared throughout the making of Poltergeist. I enjoyed your openness in allowing me a wide berth for creative involvement, just as I know you were happy with the freedom you had to direct Poltergeist so wonderfully. Through the screenplay, you accepted a vision of this very intense movie from the start, and as the director, you delivered the goods. You performed responsibly and professionally throughout, and I wish you great success on your next project. So, I mean, there is a, I feel like there is a collaboration there, but then you got to wonder how much of that's just like, listen, Toby. Yeah. I'm Steven Spielberg. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. And I'm sorry. You know, yeah. like, but what, was, what was his next movie? Toby Hooper? Well, because I feel there's even just in the filmmaking itself. Now, the editing, I feel like, is where I can where I just immediately was like, okay, clearly Spielberg didn't make this movie. Well, yeah, else directed I mean, if, it, if it's if it's well, I mean, with with, with I, I with, had no with, idea he did Salem's Lot. I mm-hmm. fucking love that movie with a train with a train eye like yours. If you can notice the editing, that's going to take you out of it. Not, yeah. not, not necessarily not to enjoy the movie, but like if it's a shitty cut, you're like, oh, it's. It breaks the fourth wall for it, you. And it just, did. Yeah. Uh, and more importantly, but the, what I was going to say is that it, the editing is where I was just immediately like, oh, okay, so Spielberg didn't make this movie. But, but there were a lot of shots in this movie where I was like, all right, well, Toby Ho- Hooper didn't make this movie either. Like, there's a ton of really, like, measured, calm filmmaking here. 
that I feel like I do is not like recognizable to me as like Toby Hooper filmmaking. You know what I mean? Um, well, see, I'm, I'm looking at Toby Hooper's uh, filmography, There's... and I actually, to tell you the truth, don't really know a lot of it. Yeah. Um, I was just looking. I mean, up... He did a movie called The Equalizers. Is the new one a remake? Ooh. Perhaps. No, that was wait, wait. Well, that was a TV that, show. Wait, is no. that the TV show? From wait, the wait. 80s? Was that? Yeah, it is a TV show. Yeah. Okay, Toby Hooper did some episodes. I got excited. I thought I, I was I, the. I, uh, I noticed looking at his filmography, one. there were two movies that he was replaced on. Oh, really? He did so. Body Bags. Oof. He did The Mangler. The uh, Mangler. The Mangler. Yeah. The Killer Laundry Machine movie. Yeah, it's fucking great. Dark Skies. I'm skipping a lot of stuff, too. He yeah. did like a million things. Crocodile, right? He did a movie called Taken in 2002, but it's yeah, not the anything one you think post of. like 95. Oh, Toolbox like, Murders, the newer one. I thought yeah. that was pretty good. Um, That's pretty much it. But the ones like if his known fours are Texas Chainsaw, Poltergeist, Texas Chainsaw 2, and Salem's Lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, Salem's Lot is fantastic. This is a fa- like just such a great movie. Like, and after it, he made Life Force, which is I love it, but it is the Naked Alien movie. Like, I don't know oh, like, yeah. if it's that big. I don't know if he like kind of had a falling out with Spielberg or something. Like, if they weren't too impressed, mm. and he didn't Spielberg get the big got busy after this. He got Spielberg got busy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we might have. Uh, yeah, that's. I mean, that does done it for me. Do does you anyone any, have anything uh, to, to you cover? Any negative reviews of uh, of Poltergeist. Yeah. We like to uh, once after we get like real positive about something, we like to go to Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb and see if uh, anybody just wanted to take a real big poop on it. Because I, I I really like this movie for a movie that like doesn't have a whole lot going on as far as like like we said like an actual plot. Uh, there is a lot going on uh, just as far as like great scenes. Great like, yeah. filmmaking on display and scenes. Oh. The hallway sequence, like the vertigo effect in the hallway, was, uh, was really, really cool. effective. And that was actually done in a way where they they fucked with the uh, the speed of it throughout. Yes. Just you know, it didn't just stretch out. It yep. did a whole thing that it actually ratcheted up yeah, the tension like that much more. Too, yeah, yeah, it was nuts. like it was very effective. But this uh, one, it do, it has an eighty-seven percent. Oh, I like that. That's good. So there's not a lot, but one of them right off the bat says, "Given the talents, Poltergeist is an annoying film because it could have been so much better." No, I think that there is something there. Sure. It certainly could. I mean, really, anything could have been better. Yeah. But, you know, once again, this is a movie that obviously was different creative hands mm-hmm. touching it, so it wasn't one true mm-hmm. vision. Um, and then it's all positive shit. That, it's compelling. Well, that was it's the other thing I was going to say is, like, you know, the reason I would say that this is, like, definitely a worthwhile movie is even though the story, there's not a whole lot going on, it's just got tons of iconic imagery and actually has a lot on its mind, I think. Oh, it's yeah. It's just not... It's not telling a story that's that's necessarily. It's not trying to tell that story. Yeah, exactly. Started, it just wants to the story make a it's really ghost trying movie. to tell. I think is the story of like the American family and the like moving from the seventies to the eighties. It makes the world all those other details like yeah. that. It's you know it has something on the tip of its tongue that's yeah. not. It can't. I don't. I don't want to say that the tip of its tongue because it's not that it can't say it. Right. It doesn't want to. It, right. That just gives the world a lived in feeling. Yeah, exactly. That makes it the world. Yeah. You know, this didn't take place in some fantasy world. Right. This is just a regular world that yep. suddenly, oh, guess what? There's things you didn't so, consider. So it as it being a real world, something popped out to me as you as you were as you were going through what you were just saying and what uh, you were pointing out a lot. It, it, I'd say it's joking. I'm not, like I liked it. I liked what I saw. I enjoyed it. But for a while it seemed like a huge commercial. 
Meaning there was oh, a yeah. bunch of product placement. Yeah, Cheetos, Wheat Thins, mm-hmm. Doritos, Ritz, all types of chips. All Ritz, kind, yeah. It was Star all kinds of stuff. Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Oh, Star Wars, Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah, that that says his Spielberg switch, more than Hooper. Yeah. His light switch was uh was C three PO. C three PO, yeah. Like just chilling there. Like every time they walked in the door, C three PO. Like yeah. it was just watch my other movies, watch my other movies, watch my other movies. And like, come on, kid, you really like dark how how the fuck does a tree does a tree scare you? But Darth Vader's your homie. Like, get the <laughs> fuck out of here, man. Yeah, Darth Vader was horrifying. All over kid. the place. Yeah. And he was just a poster. He, you had his head breathing near you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, okay. the way the one shot was framed with, like, the clown attack scene, there was a stare down happening between clown in the chair and Darth Vader over his shoulder. Yeah. like, it was, And at uh, the end of the day, psh, I'm, I'm giving that one to Vader. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that gay-ass clown. Fucking jerk. Hey, you got killed by an eight-year-old boy. All right? You don't yeah. This is a here's here's a another uh, negative review uh, that I think is interesting. Uh, this is from TV Guides Movie Guide, so you got to take it with a grain of salt because that's a TV publication, and this is a movie. Um, <laughs> a vapid, silly horror movie with occasional moments of promise that ultimately fails due to an overdose of cuteness. I, that's a, that was one of the things I was trying to say earlier. I don't think I've ever seen such a family-friendly horror movie. That's actually scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, at the end of the day, it's like it is like very. Um, I feel like I could have rented this with my parents when I was eight. You know. Oh yeah. Here's a weird negative one. The cold hand of Spielberg lies on every frame. What? No, so they're the... saying like that Spielberg took over and and blew it. Yeah. <laughs> To say he has a cold hand is weird because yeah, I think his movies are, are, are all have warmth. That's the oh guy from Mr. Show, the David Cross snobby turtleneck. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, I only listen to a, yeah. a gramophone. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever, yeah. You know. They need to hear the cracks, the, the what's it, the cracks and pops. Uh, all right, real quick, you want to do some recommendations, things we've been watching? Just uh, if you guys can think of anything you saw recently that you'd like to, to plug. I'm going to plug this real quick, and I hope that we review it uh, before the 16th or maybe even after. Your Next is on Netflix. Oh, yeah. yeah and yeah. I finally watched it, and it's fucking awesome. Well, if we do all old horror movies and then just do one new one, let's make that your next. Yeah, that I, it's, I cannot recommend it enough. I hope we do an episode about it. It was so fun. Uh, sad to say, I haven't been watching uh, many movies lately, so I have nothing right. to recommend. Do you recommend. have like a favorite horror movie? Something that that sticks out as, as uh, a movie that not you, necessarily you love? Not a. It's weird. Like I have, I only have a favorite one, and then one that that sticks out the most. Like my favorite, surprisingly, was like fucking Leprechaun, just because of how bad it was. Mm-hmm. And like the first one, where like the kid like he ate the coins, <laughs> and like the Leprechaun started clawing out of his stomach and shit. <laughs> And the one that stuck out in my mind the most is easily Child's Play, because uh, like my because my cousins used to like you I were love afraid of short things, huh? <laughs> you were afraid of little things, yeah, like birds and, and Asian dolls. women. <laughs> so like uh, yeah, but but, but I love like toys so much and like action figures like my favorite kind of toy and to have to have Chucky just turn on his friend for for life, mm-hmm. even up. even though it was even his though it was a serial killer end. exactly even though it was a serial killer. That that's the movie that stuck out of my mind forever. I was scared shitless when I was little. But yeah, those are the two I guess for horror movies. Right on. Um, I saw this movie Start Up. It's like a a good British prison movie where like a um, it's a a nineteen year old gets bumped up by two years, which is what they're that's the term for start up I guess in Britain. So he's in a uh, a maximum security prison, which is his father also happens to be sentenced to for life. And his father's Ben Mendelsohn from uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Animal Kingdom and 
Killing Me Softly and Place Beyond the Pines. Uh, but it, it was, it was, I kept reading really good reviews and then just suddenly it was uh, out. Um, it's one of those, you know, it didn't really get a big US release, but it's really good. I've never reviewed. even heard of it. Yeah, it was good. Right on. I, um, oh God, I've watched a lot. Of course you have. But I guess, you know what? In keeping the theme with horror and in keeping the theme with the movie that you can watch right now, it's an older movie that I saw for the first time. Uh, it's on Netflix, Fright Night. Oh, Fright Night is, is a really, That's, really uh, cool movie. Peter Jackson, right? No, 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 no. That's, what am I thinking um, of? The Frighteners? You're thinking of uh, The Frighteners, yeah. yeah. Um, no, this is... Um, Tom Holland, I think, directed it. Yeah, but yeah. it's uh, the one that, Oh yeah, he did Child's Play, and it's um, it was remade with Colin Farrell and, and Anton uh, Yelkin. Anton okay, Yelkin. But this one has the a bunch of. Door. It's Chris Sarandon yeah. is the vampire next door, but it's just it's actually it's just a really cool movie. Yeah. It's funny. It's uh, it has a couple weird things, but it's just super entertaining and super quick and. It's it's a vampire movie that actually is like exciting. Yeah, I've heard it's fun. It's older, it's cool, and it's on Netflix. It's been on there forever, so it'll probably be on there forever. Take your time, but watch it. It's awesome. a good month. Uh, so uh, look up the show on Twitter at I Like Two Movie. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash I Like Two Movie. Find us on iTunes, I Like Two Movie Movie. Uh, rate us, subscribe to us. That stuff is fun. Uh, and please come see us. Uh, our our game show on October sixteenth, uh, eight p.m. Only five dollars. Always only five dollars. Uh, we'll have a lot of cheap alcohol. We have uh, some crazy games planned this month. We got a Dan Vitrano, a Brandon T. Gorin, and a Chris McGrail as our contestants. Uh, it's going to be a, a blast. It's going to be really fun this month. I'm so excited. Excited. Yeah. I'm excited. It's uh, going to be our best shit, without yes. a doubt. Yes. Uh, so, so please join us uh, on the 16th. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Philadelphia. It's with an F. Uh, anybody else want to plug? What do you got, Keen Cobb? Uh, Keen Cobb. Uh, uh, follow my comedy page, I guess, on Facebook, uh, backslash Keen Cobb. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Twitter, at Keen Cobb. Uh, on Instagram, Keen Cobb. I'm very efficient with my with my names. Perfect. Keen uh, Cobb t-shirts at Keen Cobb. There you go. In case, yep. you, in case you were wondering what my Twitter name was. <laughs> uh, on uh, most Thursdays, not every Thursday, but most Thursdays, come down to uh, the Raven Lounge. I host a, host a great show with four other guys. Uh, Philly Comedy Addict starts at 9. Uh, Sometimes at 8 for any uh, fledging comics out there. And that's pretty much it's it. It's a great room. Right on. Um, check out at Dan Scully on Twitter. That's where I tweet. Um, check out regretfulmorning.com right for them so read some shit and um, yeah check out oh yeah check out uh, supercrappyfuntime.com for my other podcast and uh, it's actually got TV reviews on it now so if you like movies you watch TV Kevin Loud does some television reviews he's been keeping up with uh, Gotham and, and uh, all that good stuff yeah Oh shit! Yeah, Gotham's good, man. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah. I watch that when I go home. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, it's it's exactly yeah. what I need it to be. But yeah, check oh. that uh, check that shit out. And um, yeah, most importantly, if you just follow me on Twitter, you'll get connected to everything else. So I'll, I'll put you in there. Got anything you need to? Uh, no, throw they, out there? thank you, you you professional <laughs> doers of this stuff. We're like we're in me. a bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, with it's, these it's microphones, the I'm not used to these. This is this is. I feel. Cool. Great. <laughs> Kev, you're on Twitter. Yeah, but yeah, no, yeah. No, you don't want followers? Get some followers. Throw them out there. Uh, uh, well, How I do you just, follow Kev? I follow Kev on Twitter. I you should, too. I just made a Twitter name. Um, I retweet some pretty good stuff. I, I have um, one person following me and eight robots. I'm the, the one last, person. In the last month since I made... Oh, wait. There's a couple other people that I don't know where they've been. I'm still the leader of the robots. Nice. Yeah. Called uh, it. Yeah, K-A-H-L-E-R, Philly. At twitter.com. 
Boom. Sweet. That's not quite how nope. it works. You'll figure it out one day. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> at Twitter. At uh, Kaler Philly. www. <laughs> 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 we'll explain it to you later. Dot T-W-I-T-T-E-R. H-T-T-P. Semicolon. I'm sorry. I-C-P. <laughs> no, FBI. God, no. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Fucking magnets. How do they work? <laughs> <laughs> Remember that song? That shit? Good. All right, we're going to do the sign-off. You guys will pick this up as we go. Just follow along. You'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, my name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie movie. My name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie. My name is Keen Cobb, and I like to movie movie. And my name is Kevin Kaler, and I like to movie movie. And, and we, we all, all know that, that uh, you, you like, like to movie movie. movie. Because we, we like to movie. movie.